Alright guys, welcome back to Martha Sharks Podcast. Today I would like to talk about um, the NFL playoff scenarios and my playoff predictions. Then we'll get into the college football semis and the New Year Bowl games. Then we'll discuss the early college basketball favorites and the struggles that Kentucky and North Carolina are having right now. And then we will talk about why the new why Blake Snell and Udover is going to the Padres makes them the favorites to win the World Series in my books now. And then finally, we'll discuss the NBA. All right, guys. So the important games for the week to be looking at, we'll start out the AFC. Are the Ravens versus the Bengals, Dolphins at Bills, Steelers at Browns, Titans at Texans, and Jags at Colts. If all these teams have playoff hopes, and they need to win. It's as simple as that. It's win and get in. Except for the Colts. They're going to need a little help. But for the other teams, it's simple. Win, get in. You might already be in. The Ravens and Bengals. I have the Ravens win this one pretty easily. I think the Bengals give them a little scare at half. I think the game's really close at halftime. But I think the Ravens pull away in the second half, winning 34-13. I just think the Ravens' run game will be too much eventually for the Bengals to overcome. And the Ravens will clinch their, um, their consecutive playoff spot. Dolphins at Bills. Now we just got breaking news that Ryan Fitzpatrick will not be playing this Sunday due to COVID. So that leaves Tua to start the game. Obviously, Tua is a great quarterback, but Buffalo also has a great defense, and I have not heard anything that Buffalo will be taking out their starters. So it has appeared to me that Buffalo will start all their starters against Tua. And for that reason, I still I think the Bills win. I think the game will be extremely close. I think the Bills win. On a last-minute field goal, I have the final being 24-21. And I actually believe this hurts Miami. Miami will actually not make the playoffs now. Steelers at Browns. I actually have the Browns winning 27-17. I think the Steelers just rest everyone. I think the Steelers will be doing a lot more scoreboarding. They might start like TJ Watt, Minka, and all those guys. But as they see the Bills probably most likely going to win their game, they'll probably just pull everyone out at halftime. I, I see the Browns coming in there. The Browns clinched their first playoff berth in who knows how long. Titans and Texans, I have Titans win this one um, in a high-scoring game of 35-28. Um, I believe the Titans' run game will be too much for the Texans to handle. That defense for in Houston is not that good. And Derrick Henry is that good. Jags and Colts. I actually have the Colts winning this one 27-13. And with the Dolphins' loss, this means the Colts will get into the playoffs now. Which, you know, this could be Phillip Rivers last year, so he's going to want to try to go out when it's Super Bowl. Over to the NFC side. We have Cowboys at Giants. I have Cowboys winning that one 30-20. I think the game's really close at halftime. I think the game's probably like 10-7.5. But I think second half, Cowboys pull away. Packers at Bears. I have Packers winning 45-21, and I believe this will eliminate the Bears from the playoffs. Cards at Rams. I believe the Rams are down Jared Goff. I believe he had thumb surgery, and he will actually miss this game. So I actually have the Cards winning this game 28-14. Seahawks at 49ers. I have Seahawks winning 28-21. Uh, reason being for that is um just because the 49ers are a depleted team. I mean, think they're. I mean, if I think if Seattle was on the brink of not making the playoffs that they lost, I think 49ers might try to win. 
But being that the Seattle's already made the playoffs, it doesn't really matter what they do. I mean, they could get the number one seed, but it's still going to take, I believe it's going to take a Packers loss and a Saints loss. So I don't think the 49ers, the 49ers could just be playing just to be their rival, but I don't think they're too worried about it. I have Seattle. Saints, the Panthers. I have the Saints winning this one easily. 35-7. I don't see the Saints struggling too much. Saints clinch the number two seed. And, um, yeah. And then we have Washington versus the Eagles. I actually have the Eagles winning this on Sunday night at 30-27. to I do not have Washington making the playoffs. If we do not know if Alex Smith is going to make and is not going to make the game. We don't know if he's going to start. If he does start, I believe that helps the Redskins, and I believe the Redskins can win the game. But if he doesn't, and it comes out of Taylor Heineke, I don't know too much about him. I know what I'm getting from Jalen Hurts. I don't know what I'm getting from him, from Taylor Heineke. I know what Jalen Hurts can do, so I'm going to have to roll with the quarterback. I know what he can do. I'm going to pick Jalen Hurts. Redskins are eliminated. Cowboys win the division. So with that being said, let me just go out my predictions of what I just said. So the first round matchups with my predictions would be the Colts at the Bills, the Browns at the Steelers, and the Ravens at the Titans. Now for these games, I have the Bills being the Colts, 35-20. You know, the Colts and Bills have very good defenses. I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs will just overpower the, the Colts defense. Phil Rivers, he's not a big game quarterback to me. He always seems to choke in big games, and he to me, he's overrated, if I'm being frankly honest. I don't like him. I don't like him in the playoffs. Josh Allen wins. Browns versus Steelers. These teams just played each other a week ago. They're going to play each other again. I have the Steelers 28-20. to uh, Cleveland finally makes it to the playoffs. Isn't there for too long. They're eliminated. Steelers move on to the second round. Big Ben and the boys come back, and they don't win by a lot. They went 28-20. to Eight-point game. I believe Minka Fitzpatrick seals the game with a late-game interception. Ravens and Titans. Now, everyone who listens to this is going to say, oh, I'm biased because of my pick because I'm a Ravens fan. I have the Ravens win 31-28. But I believe the Ravens are a good matchup for the Titans, especially Calais Campbell plays because he wasn't there for the Derrick Henry game where the Ravens lost an OT. He wasn't there last year. But the other reason why I think this is important is I'm a big fan of streaks. Streaks, when I bet, streaks are a big thing to look at. And a streak that the Ravens and Titans have is every time they have met in the playoffs, the lower seed is won. And a good example of that would be, in, I believe, the 2000 run, the Rangers won their first Super Bowl. The Titans, I believe, were the number one seed. I believe the Ravens were a wild card. And the Ravens beat them in Tennessee. A couple years later... Ravens meet Tennessee again. Tennessee was the lower seed, came to Baltimore. Tennessee won. Fast forward to 2008. Tennessee is the number one seed. Baltimore won their wild card game and they played Tennessee. Who won? Baltimore. Joe Flacco. The delay, the, the delay game game where the Ravens had a delay of game and it wasn't called. And then Flacco threw a ball to Todd Heap, I believe, and they got a first down. And then the Ravens kicked the game-winning field goal. And then you have this last year. Ravens were number one seed. Titans were the lower seed. Titans came in. Titans embarrassed the Ravens. Not going to sugarcoat. That was an embarrassment. 
So Ravens come in as a lower seed. Titans are the higher seed, even though it's only a one seed difference. I'm a big fan of streaks, so I believe the Ravens will win that game. I believe Calais Campbell coming back plays a huge part in stopping the run game. And if the Ravens' secondary is healthy, if Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, and Mullen Humphrey are all there, I don't. it'll be hard for Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. And if the Ravens can get pressure, it, I believe the game it will be close throughout. It will be close throughout. No doubt that the Ravens are not going to walk in there blown out. The Titans are not going to blow the Ravens out. This will be a close game through and through. Arguably probably one of the best games on wild card weekend. And I have the Ravens winning by three. So after that, the next AFC matchups would be the Ravens versus the Chiefs and the Steelers versus the Browns. No, I do not have the Ravens being the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs being the Ravens 30-27. Lamar Jackson finally gets over the hump of being not a playoff quarterback. He wins his first playoff game, but he does not get over the Chief hump. I believe the Chiefs win the game 30-27. to I believe Lamar, I believe the Chiefs actually get a good, decent lead, and Lamar leads the comeback, and then Patrick Mahomes hits Tyree Kill for like a 40-yard pass to put them in field goal range, and Harrison Butker wins the game for the Chiefs. Then Steelers versus Bills. I have the Bills winning this one, 35-28. We already saw this matchup in the regular season, and I don't think things change. I think the Bills win this game pretty easily. You know, it's only a seven-point game. I really think it's going to be like 35-28, 35-21. I don't see the Steelers still being able to compete with the Bills. I think the Bills are just a better team offensively. They're not better defensively, but Ben has shown inconsistency against good defenses. I need I needed to see more from him this season. I just didn't see it. So for the AFC Championship, I will have Chiefs versus Bills. And you might think this game's going to be high scoring. I do not have this as a high scoring game at all. I have this at 20-17 Chiefs. It is great. Josh Allen, the Bills made the playoffs again. Josh Allen got the Bills' first playoff win. It's been who knows how long, probably before I was even born. But Chiefs win. Chiefs advance to the Super Bowl. I think Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' magic is just a little too much for Buffalo. And But it's nothing to hang your head low on Buffalo. Buffalo will be back next year. They will be a contender for years to come as long as they have this offensive core and a great defense. So out of the AFC, I have the Chiefs. The NFC. The first matchups would be Rams versus Saints, Cards versus Seahawks, Bucks versus Cowboys. Rams versus Saints. I have the Saints winning 30 to 27. I don't know if Jared Goff is still going to be hurt for this game or not. But I don't think if he plays it, it makes much of a difference. I still think the Saints win 38 27. I believe they ride Camara all the way to victory. I know the Rams have a really good defense for Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But I think the Saints still win. Saints have, I believe, the top four defense in the league. They have opponent offense when Breeze is healthy. If Breeze remains healthy, I think the Saints win. Cards versus Seahawks. Kyle Murray gets to the playoffs. Faces off against division foe Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I believe the Seahawks win round three, 35-28. I just think it's the playoff. Seattle's been to the playoffs many times. A lot of players in Arizona haven't been to the playoffs yet. I just think maturity is going to be a big thing. Handling the hype of the game, I think Seattle wins. Bucks versus Cowboys. 
Uh, I have Bucks 49-20. Um, I don't see the Cowboys defense doing much to stop Brady. You know, Brady doesn't have a good history on wild card weekend. I think Brady wins this game easily with all his weapons in the great Tampa Bay defense. All right, now we have Bucks will travel to Lambeau. I get to face off against the Packers in January. I have Packers winning this 28-24. We all know Brady loves to play in the cold. He played the Foxborough. But it's hard to go to Lambeau and win a game. We all know that. We know the history of Lambeau Field. It's hard. I think the Packers win. I think Aaron Rodgers moves on. Brady's eliminated. And I think Brady will sit on that. And he might contemplate retirement after this game. I think the Packers get to Brady. They hit him a lot this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Smith finished with like two and a half sacks, maybe three. Next game, we have Seahawks versus Saints. I have Saints 20 to 13. Even though there were probably not a lot of fans, I think the Saints just are a better team offensively and defensively against Seattle. I feel like they can contain Russell Wilson. They can limit DK Metcalf. I just think the Saints win that game. Saints versus Packers. I have the Packers winning that 35-28. The Saints as the whole team and Drew Brees as himself have a hard time winning road playoff games. Back to like a thing of a streak. They, I believe their only road playoff game they have won, I believe, was at Philly. Back in 2013, maybe, I believe it was, where they won on a last-second field goal against Nick Foles. Um, but like I said, it's January, it's Lambeau Field, it's the Packers. It's incredibly hard to win there. Fans or no fans, I want the Packers. So I have the Packers representing the NFC, so Packers versus Chiefs Super Bowl. And who wins that Super Bowl? I have Kansas City winning their second straight Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, outduels Aaron Rodgers, 24-20. I just think... I just think Patrick Mahomes, man, it's just, he just has that magic around him. It's hard to pick against him. It's just, it just is. It's just Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers was the same way a couple years ago. Mahomes just has Mahomes magic. It's just very hard to pick against him. I think Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, they probably throw for both about 250, 300 yards. I just think Mahomes makes the one big play. Probably finds Tyreek Hill down the field like for a like 70-yard touchdown. And yeah, I just think the Chiefs, are not that they're the better team. I think the Packers are a better team all around. I just think Mahomes' magic. It's just, it's hard, it's hard to go against. All right, in the next segment, I will be discussing college football and the upcoming bowl games and the national semis. All right, guys. On the college football. Tomorrow, we will have University of Georgia facing off against Cincinnati, number eight and number nine. Then we have Auburn versus Northwestern. Then we have the two big games of the night. We have Alabama versus Notre Dame, Clemson versus Ohio State. Those two games are the national semis who will decide who plays in the national championship. But going back to Georgia versus Cincinnati, I think Georgia wins this game. I know Cincinnati's had a great year. But I just think Georgia is just going to be a little too much just for Cincinnati to handle. Georgia win this game 
I just think, obviously, Georgia has better players. They're a better team. And if Cincinnati went undefeated, just think Georgia's the better team at the end of the day. I mean, you could argue that Cincinnati has more to play for, which is true. But we've seen this story before where kind of a mid-conference team goes undefeated or go only loses one game, highly ranked, goes up against a big SEC or ACC school in a bowl game, and they just get troused. I just think that's going to happen again. Only Even though it's an eight-point victory I have, I still think Georgia dominates the game at the end. Auburn versus Northwestern. I have Northwestern win this game with a field goal at the end, 23-20. to I just think Northwestern actually is a better team overall than Auburn, even though Auburn is SEC, and Northwestern is, up until this point, was a mid-level Big Ten team. I just think Northwestern's defense is better than Auburn's. I think their offense can win them better games more than Auburn. So at the end of the day, I just think Northwestern's a better team. They win 23-20, defense saves today. Alabama versus Notre Dame. This won't even be a game at any point. This game will not be close to any point, I think. Alabama wins 49-13. The only way this game can be close, or Notre Dame even has a chance at winning, is Notre Dame needs to figure out how to get off the field. They need to know how to get Alabama's offense off the field, and their defense needs to step up big. Ian Brooke cannot make mistakes. He cannot take sacks. Obviously, Alabama is going to get pressure. Their defense isn't like Alabama defense we know from the past, but it's still Alabama's defense. Ian Brooke is going to take care of the ball, along with the rest of the offense, and their defense is going to have to get stops. After that, I believe Notre Dame might have a chance, but I still believe Alabama would win the game. Alabama is just a very good team all around. They have two Heisman finalists, who Devontae Smith, I believe, will win the Heisman. I just think Alabama is a better team, and it's not even close. 49-13 Alabama. Clemson versus Ohio State, though. I have Clemson win this game 27-24. I know Clemson is without their offensive coordinator. That is a big loss, but I Still thing, I believe if it was a freshman quarterback playing for Clemson, I would be a little more worried because they're still new to the offense in some way. They're not really experienced. But this is Trevor Lawrence. He's experienced with the offense. He's been here all year. He's been here for three years. He knows what he knows what to do. I think Clemson wins. I think Clemson is the better team. Like I said, Clemson wins by three. I think Trevor Lawrence gets him a field goal range at the end of the game to win the game, and we have another great playoff game. Now, on January 2nd, we have some other bowl games. We have North Carolina State versus Kentucky. I think NC State wins this one by 7, 35-28. Even in Kentucky, they've shown flashes of being good this year. NC State, I just think, is a better team. They are very inconsistent. I will not lie. They are a very inconsistent ball game, ball club. But I just think NC State's a better team, and it's weird saying that about an ACC school to an SEC score. But at the end of the day, I think NC State wins. Old Miss versus Indiana. I think Indiana's defense is going to be too much for Old Miss, a high-powered offense. I have Indiana win this one 27-13. Sounds crazy. I know Old Miss was scoring 50 points a game. But I think Indy's defense is just going to be a little too much for them. Now, Indiana could just lose this game just because they don't want to play in it. They were hoping to get in the Big Ten Championship some way. So the team might be a little sour. They might not want to be there. 
which is a very real possibility. It happens all the time. So, I mean, Indiana could lose this game, but if I had put money on it, I would pick Indiana. Oregon versus Iowa State. I believe Oregon wins this one. I know Iowa State's a really stout defensive team in the Big 12, and we don't see a lot of defense in the Big 12. But I just think Oregon wins. I believe Oregon's a little fresher. You know, Oregon's 4-2. and two. I just think Oregon will be able to outlast Iowa State. Iowa State's going to be a little upset that they lost the Big 12 championship and possibly cost themselves a trip to the playoffs. You know, I don't think they personally would have made it, but they might look at it that way. And you just have Oregon winning. Texas A&M, North Carolina. I actually have, in a surprise, North Carolina win this one in a blowout, 48-28. And you might be like, well, Texas A&M is a lot better team than that. That is true. Texas A&M is a better team. But my thing is, does Texas A&M even want to be there? You're number five in the country. Notre Dame just got blown up by Clemson Conference Champion Weekend. So you're watching that. You're like, oh, we should get in. We should get in. Only to find out they only dropped two spots and are still in the playoffs after getting blown out by Clemson. Texas A&M players are hurt. They are mad. And they don't want to be in this game. They wanted to play Bama again. So that's why I'm picking North Carolina. I just think Texas A&M's head will not be in the game. I think they will be upset. They will be like, they don't belong there. And North Carolina will win that game easily. Then about a week after that, we have the National Championship, which will be Alabama versus Clemson. I have Clemson win this game in a slugfest, 49-42. I believe this game will be really high scoring, no doubt. The Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence will put on a show for the whole country to watch. But I think Clemson gets the ball last, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. Clemson wins the game 49-42. I think Clemson doesn't commit a turnover. Well, they currently doesn't commit a turnover. I think Matt Jones makes one turnover. I believe he throws Bryant interception midway through the fourth, and that seals the deal for Alabama. Trevor Lawrence and them try to milk the clock, and he gets the game-winning touchdown. So next, we will talk about college basketball. And my final four picks early in the season. I know it's only four games in. But now I'll talk about the struggles with North Carolina and Kentucky. So now on to college basketball. My final four picks are as simple as this. Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, and Michigan. With Gonzaga winning it all at the end. Gonzaga is just the best basketball team in the country. And even though we're only a month into the season, just about, I've, I've seen all I need to see from Gonzaga. They are just a great team offensively and defensively. And all the ranked teams they have played and all the teams that are supposed to be at their level, they have blown out. The only game we did not get to see was Gonzaga versus Baylor. And that was because of COVID-19. Some teams had it, so they had to cancel the game. A Gonzaga wins it all. Gonzaga is just the best team in the country. Simple as that. Baylor. Baylor can win it. They're a very good defensive team. They play in the Big 12. It's a little weird because Big 12 teams in basketball are known for their defense. A lot of the football teams are known for their offense. Kind of funny. But Baylor can win it just simply off how good their defense can be and how well their offense can play. Their offense, by no doubt, is not as good as their defense. Their defense suffocates you. And I believe that's why Baylor has a chance to win it at the end of the year. But I was still picking Zago over them at this point in time. Villanova. The reason why I'm picking Villanova is just because Villanova is always in the mix. They're a very good basketball team. They um, are very good. They could play with anyone. I mean, Villanova, yeah, they lose here and there. 
but it's like Villanova was by Gonzaga. I've still picked Gonzaga, but Villanova, I think, would keep that game close. Villanova, they always fight to the end. They don't ever like fold. They're not a team to ever give up. So that's why I have Villanova with their best chance to win it. And then my other final four pick is Michigan. Why Michigan? It's not because they're undefeated. That's not the reason. Michigan just seems to always find a way when they get to the tournament to find a way to at least get to the Sweet 16, Lead 8, or Final Four. Michigan seems to always go in these runs where they make it to the Final Four and they just lose. So I would pick Michigan as like an outside bet. Obviously, Kansas is really good too. But I have this is my Final Four I'm going with. As long as all these teams stay healthy and everything goes right in the season, no COVID, nothing. I'm picking these four teams in my brackets when that comes up. Picking Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, and Michigan. But Gonzaga wouldn't get all. But we'll talk about teams that are struggling right now, teams that we're used to being good who are struggling right now. Starting with North Carolina. North Carolina's schedule has been a little rough. They are 5-4, and four, and the four losses were to ranked teams who – are who are Iowa, I believe, who was ranked three at the time. They are ranked 10 now in the Texas. They are ranked eight right now. But, you know, like, that's, like, fine. That's good. Those are good losses. I mean, there's no such thing as really as good loss, but those are losses you are willing to lose because they're good teams. But they lost two straight to really, like, teams they should have beat. I get they were road games, but they should have beat them. I'm not so much worried about North Carolina. I think North Carolina will Pull around, they'll fix everything. We'll see North Carolina in the tournament. Do I think they win the ACC? No, I don't think they'll win the ACC. Will they make the tournament? I think they'll make the tournament. And once you get the tournament, anything can happen. I think North Carolina can make a run. They definitely won't win it, but they'll be a threat in a possible run. I mean, if you play North Carolina, it's just that feel. You're playing North Carolina in the tournament, one of the best college programs in history. It's just a feeling. So I feel like North Carolina can go pretty far. Then the other team I want to talk about is Kentucky. Kentucky is 1-6. When was the last time we've heard a Kentucky team going 1-6? There are two of the losses that have been the ranked teams. They lost to number three, Kansas. And at the time, they lost to North Carolina, who was number 22. But their other losses are really bad. They lost to Richmond by 12, and they lost to Georgia Tech by 17. Notre Dame, they only lost by one, and Louisville by three. I believe that was a buzzer-beating game. Game came out to, like, the last shot. Now, usually I wouldn't be worried about teams like this. Like, you lose, like, games here and there. It's fine. But you're one in six, and the teams you lost to outside the ranked teams aren't really that good. I mean, Louisville's decent. Georgia Tech... No, Richmond, no. It's just very bad, and I'm really concerned about Kentucky. They were a very young team. They only have three upperclassmen on the team, and they're all seniors, and only two of them play. And they are like four and five in the starting lineup, what they contribute stat-wise. Obviously, stats don't tell the entire story, but Kentucky is a very young team, and I think it's catching up to them. Now, of course, Kentucky is only a couple shots away from being three, three and four, or four and three, obviously. But this is bad. I mean, Kentucky, they're starting conference play. The SEC basketball conference isn't as weak as it used to be. 
I don't actually see Kentucky making it, making the tournament this year. With all these bad losses, I see Kentucky losing more games, obviously. But I just see the committee looking at these games and just going, this isn't the Kentucky we know. They can't get in. If Kentucky can win the SEC, they win the conference regular season, I think they can get in. Obviously, they win the tournament. They get the automatic bid to get in. But if they don't do either one of these things, I don't see Kentucky making it. They're going to have to pull big road wins off. Where they're going to have to beat ranked teams on the road. Even fan, no fans or not, it's still very hard. So I think we will see a tournament once again without Kentucky in it. And it is very, it's very upsetting. Kentucky is a very fun team to watch or has been over the past couple of years. And we're not going to see that this year. So, you know, hopefully Kentucky can turn around. They can get to the, they can get to the dance and possibly make a run. I just don't see it happening. All right, so next, I will go over baseball just really quickly. Uh, see, the Padres made two very big trades for you, Darvish and Blake Snell, and I would just like to discuss why I have them winning the World Series next year. Now on to baseball. If you guys do not know what is going on, the Padres have acquired, have acquired Blake Snell and you, Darvish. The reason why that is a big deal is Blake Snell and you, Darvish, are two, are two of the, some of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. The Padres, who already had a top three pitching um, bullpen stat-wise, are now improving that by tenfold. You Darvish and Blake Snell are Cy Young runner-ups and Cy Young winners. The Padres also had the 10th best batting average last year, and they had number one stolen bases, which means they can get guys in scoring position if they're not already in there. They can score. They can pitch. They can field. They had one of the best fielding defenses in all of baseball last year. The Padres will compete with the Dodgers, Atlanta, and I think the Padres will win the World Series. I don't even care who comes out the AL. I don't care if it's the Yankees, Astros, Tampa Bay makes another run. I don't care. I don't think they can beat Padres. I think the Padres on paper right now have the best team. I think they will be the best team. And I think at the end of the year, when it's all said and done, the Padres will win it all. Their team is just really too good. And they didn't even send that much away. For you, Darvish, they sent away four prospects. Three of which, which, which I read were teenagers and having played professional ball yet. And one in rookie league. Blake Snell was sent for two pitchers and two catchers. The Padres didn't send anything. They got these great talents and they didn't send anything which is amazing to me honestly the Rays have made trades and it's always worked out for them so it's kind of hard to say the Rays won't this trade won't work out for them but you traded you Darvish I mean he was from the Cubs and Blake Snell's from the Rays but both teams traded their one of their star players away for basically a bag of chips and a coke it's just a little crazy to me, but this is I just think the Padres are gonna be the better team this year. They're gonna be they're gonna win it all. And they'll have a parade a parade in San Diego this year. You Darvis and Blake Snell. If you don't know you don't watch baseball, I understand. But that is if you watch baseball, you know how big of a move this was and why it's important. So finally we will discuss NBA. And what's just been going on with the NBA? 
now to the NBA. I've seen on Facebook and Twitter that people were worried. Obviously, the Lakers are not having a bad season. We're only seven, eight games into the season. And teams that we thought would be bad or kind of playing bad teams we thought would be good. Or some of them are playing good but aren't playing the expectations. And I see people wondering why that is. And I have a theory for that. If you remember, this offseason was only 72 days. That's barely over two months, even if two months. So I think teams like the Lakers, who have older players, not, not older players, that's the wrong thing to say, but players who probably should need more rest to avoid injury or struggling just because they're not playing as many minutes, it seems like, which is fine. You shouldn't freak out if you're a Lakers fan, you're a Clippers fan, you're a Brooklyn fan. Don't freak out. Teams that didn't make the bubble or weren't in the bubble for too long are doing really good right now. I think they're playing great ball. They're being great. Will this keep up? We'll just have to wait and see. But is this reason to worry about like the teams like the Lakers, the Heat, Brooklyn, Clippers? No. They're resting their players. I think what it's coming down to is the Lakers are fine being a fourth seed. If you think about it, there probably won't be any fans. There could be, but there probably won't be. So the Lakers are fine being a lower seed because they know how good their team is. They just won the finals. So if you're the Lakers, would you be worried about winning the regular season, number one seed, where, of course, you might have to travel, you won't get game sevens at home, but at the end, you have LeBron, Anthony Davis more healthy, they're more rested for the long two-month grueling journey of the playoffs? I think it's no question. I think you want those guys rested and healthy. You're not worried about winning regular season division titles. and You're worried about winning the NBA Finals. That is the goal for every team. It's like the we have Orlando, who is 4-0. We have Phoenix, who's 3-1. Phoenix was CP3. That was a great pickup in the offseason. But again, going back, these teams are more worried about their health at the end of the day. Do you want to win the regular season and possibly your star player gets hurt midway through the playoffs or doesn't even make the playoffs? Or would you rather make the playoffs as a mid-seed? That way you're able to go all the way because your players are resting. So I think people are freaking out too much. Especially about Brooklyn. Everyone's talking about Brooklyn's bad losses. Kevin Durant hasn't played in over a year. He'll be fine. Kevin Durant will come back to his form. If him and Kyrie Irving stay healthy, it will be a Lakers-Brooklyn final. Do I think Brooklyn will win? I would go against Brooklyn just because of LeBron. But could Brooklyn win? Easily. That game, that series will definitely be a 6-7 game series, I believe. Like I said, if you're a fan of like one of these teams that isn't doing too well right now and you were one of the last teams in the bubble, do not panic. It is fine. The team will turn it around. And you will be in the playoffs, and you can make a run at the finals. Do not worry; they are just making sure their players are healthy and are going to be able and going to be rested to play. Do not worry. So, guys, yeah, the NBA. I mean, it's crazy game. I mean, Cleveland's three and one. I mean, I know, like I said, it's only four games in a season. Kind of crazy to see that only seventy-two games this year. Everyone's gonna be fine. COVID is still going to have its part in the league just because of no fans. 
But I think you know, I think owners are looking at that and GMs are looking at that. Going, well, there's so many fans that there's no point. I mean, home court advantage could do here. That's just because of traveling. But fans are what make the home court thing a thing. If there's no fans, it kind of gets rid of that factor. And at this point, it's just guys playing on a basketball court. That's all it comes down to. So, yeah, that will um, wrap up the podcast. If you had fun listening to it, don't be afraid to share it with your friends. I appreciate everyone that listens to this and giving me a chance. If you have any advice, I would gladly take it. I hope you and your family have a great New Year's, and I will see you next year.